Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm your host, Paul Vogelze, and this is episode number 321. Today's show is part of our Fitness Friday shows, and it's another great one in our Fitness Friday series. We will be hearing from returning guest, Sabrina Joe, who will join us in just a minute. But by way of introduction, Sabrina Joe, of course, is a favorite with our Not Old Better audience and is the American Council on Exercise Director of Science and Research Content. Sabrina Joe will be here to share important information about new research that answers questions about cardiovascular exercise, weight training, flexibility, and how all that impacts function, also known as balance, to avoid falls. You know, for many of us in the Not Old Better audience, we want to live longer and live better lives. Research now suggests that adults older than 50 who do not perform resistance training lose nearly one quarter of a pound of muscle mass per year. And strong leg and hip muscles help to reduce the risk of falls, a cause of considerable disability among older adults. So how do we keep motivated and how do we aim to participate in resistance training at least two days per week, making sure to exercise all the major muscle groups through a full range of motion. This is all designed to help maintain your mobility and your range of motion and decrease your risk of injury and falls. Sabrina Joe from the American Council on Exercise, also known as ACE, will explain how best to do this, why we need to prioritize this type of exercise into our schedule, and to look at your time ahead as a chance to be an active senior with an opportunity to do the things you have never done before. Most of all, enjoy yourself. So let's unpack this research and more. Let's welcome back to the program ACE Director of Science and Research Content, Sabrina Joe. Sabrina Joe, welcome to the program once again. Thanks, Paul. It's good to be back once again. <laughs> Once again, it's always great to talk to you. And and you and I talk about a lot of different physical health-related subjects that, that, that have bearing on, on well-being and the level of activity at really kind of in it, any age. But we're going to talk today about activity in those kind of those golden years, which for my audience certainly are kind of after the age of 60. Maybe life slows down a little bit. Maybe you're spending a little bit more time with grandchildren. But the truth is that fitness is critical across lots of different age bands. But we're going to talk today with this regular reminder that we give to our, our audience, and that is, hey, get started. If you aren't exercising now, maybe there's a reason, maybe there's a health-related reason, but certainly one of the questions that I see in emails uh, back to me on the subject of fitness is, gosh, I'm not quite sure how to get started with fitness and regular activity. So tell us how to do that. And, and if you have the perspective that you're not quite there yet, maybe the motivate us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that's no small task. Um, if, if I knew how to do that for everyone, uh, we wouldn't uh, be sedentary, yeah. I don't think. Um, but that, that's a great question. And that really uh, points to the fact that everyone's an individual. So I'd say the first part of becoming more physically active, if you aren't already, is figuring out activities that you enjoy. And I realize that's easier said than, said than done, especially if you're not currently active. 
So uh, that might involve trying things out in your community. So if there is a recreational dance for adults mm, offered mm-hmm, class mm-hmm. type of thing, um, or if there is a fitness center in in your local area that offers exercise classes that maybe are geared toward strength or geared toward um, dance or cardiorespiratory fitness. Uh, there's things such as step or dance aerobics or uh, group cycling, indoor cycling, things like that that might spark your interest. I'd advise you to go just try out a few things to see what you enjoy. And if you do it in a class setting, a recreation class setting, you're likely to get some good instruction and some good guidance as to how to take it smartly and slowly and and progress over time. Um, And then you can kind of just decide by process of elimination what you what you do and don't like. Um, and then if none of those types of activities, like taking a class with a group, appeals to you, then I would go outside. <laughs> I would see what you enjoy doing in nature, hmm. whether that's walking around your neighborhood or perhaps getting involved in some type of nature hiking, um, things that you might look forward to in your day in communing with nature. So, so those would be the first two things I would try just to figure out the things that you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think enjoyment is, is exactly the right way to approach, to approach this. I, I, you know, I love being outside. I love riding a bike outside. I, I think sometimes I have the, maybe it's the personality style that I might, I might take it a little further than, than I, I need to because I enjoy it so much. And, you know, I might be a little too kind of intense about it, perhaps, you know, in your professional capacity, if you're going to give somebody guidance about how much time, what, what would you say would be an example of the right amount of exercise time daily that's about right per individual? Good question. The public guidelines recommend that we spend about 30 minutes a day doing some sort of physical activity. And and that's daily or most days of the week. So if we're doing 30 minutes a day and we do it, let's say five days a week, we're accumulating about 150 minutes of physical activity. So I bring that up because those are the public recommendations for, for improved health. Um, The problem with that is it's such a a wide recommendation and also not everyone can actually obtain 30 minutes, especially when they're first starting out. Mm -hmm. So if you hear that recommendation and and you're starting to get a little bit anxious because you're like, there's, I haven't done 30 minutes of activity in decades, (laughs) then, then rest assured that that's not required. So my advice around getting started then in terms of like a time increment would be start out in just be just becoming more active. So that might mean just moving more throughout your day, like getting up once every hour to take a trip up or down the stairs or walk around the block. It might mean starting out, uh, let's say if you've got a treadmill or a stationary cycle and you want to try five minutes just log in five minutes, see how your body feels, check in with yourself. And if you want to keep going, then, then go for it. Try to push it up to 10. Mm-hmm. 
the the point is after the course of several weeks or so you you might feel ready and you might be inclined to accumulate 30 minutes of whatever you're doing without stopping and that's fine but don't be afraid to just start um we we used to say actually the the public health recommendations back in 2008 said that exercise had to be accumulated in bouts of 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes, or it wouldn't have that much of a health effect. But the problem with that was that the evidence was based on studies up to that point that really looked at 10 minute bouts of exercise. And what we what we found since then, so for the decade after that, the evidence does point to the fact that any type of movement leads to health benefits. It doesn't have to be in durations of 10 minutes. Helpful. That's great to know. So let's let's get into some specifics then about the type of conditioning. Uh, you know, we think about a good exercise program that might involve some cardiovascular exercise. It's really going to involve some conditioning, some muscular conditioning, and then flexibility. And, and I think for my age group, this kind of 60 plus age community, flexibility is crucial, but you also need to think about function. And that's something that you've really made that point, I think, throughout our various interviews. So talk a little bit about this idea of exercise program, and then this notion of function within that. All right. Well, (laughs) uh, you listed the three big areas that we want to pay attention to. to. So you mentioned uh, the cardiovascular or cardiorespiratory fitness. You mentioned muscle conditioning and then inflexibility. And so I'll start just real briefly with cardiorespiratory fitness. And this is so important because what the evidence says is that cardiorespiratory fitness is a way better predictor of health and longevity and wellness, um, even better than your, your body composition or whether or not you're obese. So it's really that ability to take in oxygen, get it to the muscles and use it that really, which really defines cardiorespiratory fitness, um, and it's doing aerobic activities that contribute to that. So not only does that help with markers of health, like blood pressure, brain health, uh, blood lipids, triglycerides, things like that, but it also helps in your um, energy burning or calorie burning throughout the day. So it's, it's, you just can't lose with aerobic exercise. Um, and, and really that's why it's the basis, kind of the, 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 the big piece of the puzzle for all these public health recommendations. Um, the second area is muscle conditioning. And that really is um, one of my favorite areas because muscle function really translates to basically bodily function throughout your day in terms of how you perform your daily activities. And if you don't have a decent or adequate amount of muscle function, then you really can't support the joints that are responsible for doing all this cardio. And you really can't support your activities of daily living, such as lifting heavy things or or putting things up above your head, um, or even walking with a, a good gait pattern. So this idea of muscle conditioning, um, also called resistance training, is important and it's especially important as we age because maybe you've heard this term called sarcopenia. Uh-huh, I have heard that. Yeah, and and that just is 
an indication of a decline in muscle mass due to aging. And this, this happens usually uh, around the age 40 and beyond, we start to lose just a little bit of our muscle mass each decade. And that actually has some function mm -hmm. consequences. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that because if we're talking about function and aging, I the first place my brain goes to is reducing mm -hmm. the risk for falls. Yep. And so, <laughs> so there's this new term that kind of evolved out of sarcopenia, which is called dynapenia. And that actually refers to not necessarily just the muscle mass, but the function of the muscle. Okay. So it's the ability uh, of the muscle to have strength, power, or endurance. And all of that tends to decline with age. And the good news is with the, the right kinds of resistance training, it doesn't have to decline that much. So there's some real interesting research. Um, I, I mentioned the word gait before. Uh -huh, that's, uh -huh. that's just kind of how we walk. That's our walking pattern, our locomotion. And one of the things that happens um, if, if we're not kind of paying attention to it is the muscles on the front of the shin, these are called dorsiflexors, the muscles, if, if you were to place your hand on top of your shin bone and like pull your toes up towards your knees, uh -huh. you would feel some muscles moving around underneath your hand. And it's that group of muscles right there, the dorsiflexors, as well as the hip flexors, which are in front of the hip. So these muscles are responsible for lifting the knee up towards the chest type of thing. If those muscles aren't conditioned, it actually makes it a lot harder to walk and then clear tripping hazards. So if you think about it, those two muscle groups are responsible for actually lifting your leg up and then placing it forward as you take each step. And if we're not careful about you know, kind of making sure that we have adequate function in those muscles with every decade of life, the tripping hazard actually increases. So there are some really great exercises you can do um, just at home on your own. You don't have to have a special device or anything, but just being mindful of those types of things are important. And lastly, you mentioned flexibility. Mm -hmm. And that is so important as we age, because if we become rigid and stiff in our joints, then we certainly can't move the way we used to. I mean, think about even just, let's say you're driving a car and you're, and you're trying to turn and look behind you. And if your rotation um, is diminished through the spine and the neck as you age, then that activity is just gonna become harder. So just keeping the joints kind of supple and, and, and in their intended degrees of freedom or, or range of motion is, is also an important part of that muscle conditioning component, even though it is related to flexibility. We always get the greatest advice from you, Sabrina Joe, American Council on Exercise. And you've you've talked a little bit about this idea of the the function and I think the proper training and the proper amount of time spent on on exercise. If we think of the right advice to get to, there are some resources to go to because you can work at home on exercise. You can do some light lifting, but working at the gym adds an awful lot of advantages and the two might complement each other, but 
to do that, and in order to do that right, to do it correctly, you really need to look to somebody who knows what they're doing. I, I know you agree with that, but but tell us why that's that's so important. That's important because the the science of exercise and even the art of implementing an exercise program, so there's a science and an art to it both, um, is is quite complex and it there's there's quite a bit of evidence that's continually being um, gathered around this area and if you work with someone who is up to date on the evidence so reads the research and is certified by an accredited certifying organization mm-hmm. then it's it's a little bit uh, more likely that that person is going to know what they're doing and also uh, working with someone who is a certified exercise and or health professional will make sure that the exercise programming is progressed in a way to avoid injury. Because you mentioned earlier when we kind of in the opening of the podcast that when you enjoy something, you really go after it <laughs> sometimes too much. <laughs> and what's what's tricky about that is we typically don't notice the injury or the soreness or the, the stiffness or the swollen joint while we're doing it because we're, we're having so much fun, we're so engaged. It's the day or two or three after it that we're suffering and, and we're, we're wondering, why did I do all that? <laughs> and then, it's, then we're likely not to go back and do that activity again if we felt like we were injured because of it. So, <laughs> so that's why it's important to um, get some guidance from a certified professional who understands how the bodies and the tissues adapt to the stress of exercise. Cause let's face it, it is a stress. And if you're not used to doing it and you start imposing the stress on your body, it's, it's a good idea to do it uh, smartly and mm-hmm. with the wise progression. Sabina Joe, just one last question for you then. You've mentioned some great terms. We'll put links up to this. Certainly dorsiflexion is, is, a, is a good one for my audience to know about. Um, sarcopenia is one I've heard of. Dinopenia, I haven't. So that's also an important one. We'll put links up to some of the definitions and some of the research that the American Council on Exercise has to offer. But let's talk a little bit about exercise safety because, you know, we don't want to injure ourselves. We want to get back at this, do this regularly, do something we enjoy, have fun with it, get some results, but um, do it in a way that uh, there's some payoff, but also there's some safety involved. Yeah. So the the really the the first rule of doing no harm in exercise programming is wise progression, not doing too much too soon. And so when we think about kind of starting at a very base level, just you're just introducing your body to some new movements. So let's take the muscle conditioning. Um, aspect of training, for example. If you're starting a new resistance training program, then my advice is to use very light weights, something that feels just ridiculously light the first couple of workouts, because you want to see how your body adapts or responds to just re- repetitions with your own body weight. Um, and also gravity, you know, gravity is always pulling on us and we put our bodies in different positions. It pulls on us in different ways. And if you're introducing a new move, oh, let's say, let's say you're doing a plank or a push up, and you're not used to doing that while it might not feel 
all that hard while you're doing the exercise, uh, your muscles definitely are having to adjust to this new stress placed upon it. So maybe start with something that feels light, maybe start with light repetitions, light weight, or just body weight. For example, just sitting down and then standing up from a chair, using your own body weight for 15 repetitions, most people will feel that if they have, if they're not used to being physically active. Doing, uh, let's say 10 to 15 repetitions of a push-up on your countertop, your kitchen countertop. That's definitely enough just with your body weight to feel those chest and arm muscles working. And even your, your abdominals, your core is involved in that a little bit. So things like that that you can do at home are a great way to start to introduce with just your own body weight the progressions of muscular conditioning. Sabrina Joe, American Council on Exercise. Always so nice to talk to you and good to revisit some of these uh, tips, get some advice about physical activity because it does it does protect us against some declining health and, and fitness adds uh, a great enjoyment to our lives, I- including some, some years to our lives. So Sabrina Joe, thank you so much for talking to us today. We really appreciate all the advice and time. Well, thanks for indulging me. I love getting to, to <laughs> share all this stuff with you and your audience. Thanks, uh, we Paul. love, oh, of course, Sabrina, thank you. My thanks to Sabrina Joe, the ACE Director of Science and Research Content for joining us today. Of course, my thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please keep your emails and show ideas, suggestions coming to me and send everything to info at notoldbetter.com. That's info at notold-better.com. Remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thank mm-hmm. you.